Welcome back to another episode of Disciplology, a podcast where we discuss what really works in discipleship. Michael, today I was in my notepad uh, on my computer digging up some old notes. These are easily from two, three years ago. And I came across a note that says, discipleship framework, not a ladder or a baseball diamond or a 101 or 201, climbing a mountain is a bad idea. A circle that you keep coming back to and influence widens. A scorecard knowing if the church is moving into discipleship. That's years ago that we... Yeah, we talked about that. Absolutely. Yeah, right. And now it has come to fruition. It's fun to look back on old notes and see where we started. Yeah, yeah, that is right. Today, we are joined with John from Broadway Baptist Church, just outside of Memphis, South Haven, South Haven, Mississippi. Right? Did I say that right? That is correct. Yes, sir. So John is the children's pastor there, and they've been using a, a discipleship model that we're really excited about. Uh, John, we're going to start way, way back at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how you got into this church. Uh, well, I started here at Broadway in 2014 as the kids pastor. I was going to seminary at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary in Cordova, Tennessee, and I had come from Cross Church in Northwest Arkansas as an associate kids pastor. And when I got to Cordova, I just sort of started looking around for a place to be. Uh, Broadway called me and they had me interview. I came and later found out that I was actually the only person that they talked to. And it just it really, it lined up as this was where God wanted me to be. This was, uh, I was the person that God had led to them. And it's just been, it's been a great, great experience. We have spent, I've been here for five years now and we have, we've done a lot of different things and, and I'm just having a good time. I like to tell people, I just, uh, I just goof around and tell Bible stories and that's my job and I love it. Now, so this is fascinating for everybody uh, who's listening to this. One of the things we found out about John, which is awesome, is that he um, can quote the Empire Strikes Back maybe from beginning to end. And so we were messing around uh, <laughs> asking him some of his favorite quotes from the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and I'm surprised it didn't make the list that like when Han Solo is being lowered into the carbonite, and Princess Leia says, I love you. And he, because he's on solo, says, I know. <laughs> That's an iconic quote. It's awesome. It's also, it's also kind of cliche at this point. <laughs> that may I, be let's true. just be real honest about that, right? <laughs> it may be true. Um, and also, it just came out in our private conversation that uh, your podcast co-host, Andrew, has never seen any of the Star Wars films. This was ever. our private he, conversation. He did say that. It's true. It's a moment of self-disclosure. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, do you even know who Han Solo is? I, I think I would actually do fairly good at Star Wars trivia. Really? I, it's pop culture. That I know. It's just I've not seen uh, Mark Hamill. Is that, or you is think that that's Han Solo? Or is that Han Solo? No, that's, that's Luke. Han Solo is Harrison Ford. What if I told you there was no character named Luke and you you have that completely wrong? <laughs> I'm second guessing, but... No, there is. Um, 
So this is an interesting thing about this is an interesting thing about uh, about you, John. What are uh, what are some other interesting things about you? I mean, I I've, I think uh, guys who who do work in children's ministry are are fantastic, uh, but also are inevitably really really interesting people. Are there other quirky things besides the fact that you can quote <laughs> Empire Strikes Back? Besides you, so I have I have three children, and we have spent I have spent a good portion of their childhood showing them these things that have been really uh, important or somehow have left an indelible mark on me. Uh, and um, the only one of them who has really kind of come around is my middle daughter. Uh, I, I love comic books. I love toys. I love games. I love all this stuff. But my middle daughter has really kind of started to like sort of the same kinds of movies that I like. Uh, one of my very favorite films is Princess Bride. Oh, Amen. yeah. Yeah. Right. That's great. Okay. So that's not just a favorite film. I also went and found the book yeah. by William Goldman and read that. Yeah. Well, my middle daughter found the book on my shelf and she she said, hey, dad, can I read this? And of course, I went, yes, please do. It's funny. Like I have three kids, too. It's interesting how they they come from the same gene pool, but there are those differences between your kids. You see it really, really apparently. I assume you get a, uh, an even greater sense of that difference in children's ministry, right? The remarkable differences you see between the kids who come in and out of the church. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love to have siblings, especially when I have siblings in the ministry at the same time, just to, to see how different they are. Um, right now I've got, I, probably 10 different sets of siblings and to see the interaction between these brothers and sisters uh, and the way that they, that they are different, the way that they respond to me differently or the way that they respond to what we're teaching differently. It's just a, it's a really great reminder uh, actually that every kid is not the same. Every kid's not going to learn the same way. And I have to continually be creative and sort of uh, on my toes in order to make sure that I'm reaching the, the most amount of, of kids at a time. I think this is one of the reasons why it's so helpful for us to, um, on the podcast, to talk to people who do ministry in, in different demographics and different age groups, because I think the principle that you're, you're talking about there is probably also applicable in the adult world. But it's almost like as adults, people tend to uh, gravitate toward uniformity as as kids you still have i think a greater sense of individuality um but i think that that uh, a lot of folks who do who who work in the church and volunteer in the church for adults could could frankly learn a lot from the way the kids ministry happens and the way that it it really does need to be tailored uh in different ways to kids um right what are some of the ways like how does that how does that look for you guys how does it when you're doing ministry to, to kids who are obviously different from one another, can you give us some examples of what that looks like? We will have all of our kids together in a big group and they will play a game that will, that will lead into whatever our Sunday school lesson is going to be about. We use Bible studies for life. So there is the, the Bible studies for life, worship for life videos. Um, and so we'll watch that in the morning as sort of an introduction and from there, we'll break up into our small groups. So the kids have already played a game that led into the lesson. They've already heard the lesson. In Sunday school, they'll do some application activities and they'll play some more games. And then we will go and we will do worship with 
all of the church. We will do worship in the big room because I think it's important that the kids see what corporate worship looks like in terms of what adults and the youth group are doing. And then we'll come back and we will take the same lesson that we have done all morning long. And I will then tell it in a story format uh, and sometimes even in an answer, like a question answer format where I will ask them questions about what's going on and how this applies to whatever. And different kids obviously respond to those different ways to uh, learn. Some of them are very hands-on and they learn really, really well through the game. Some of them dial into the video and later on in the day, they can tell you exactly what we talked about because they remember it from just a little three and a half minute video. Then some of them do really well from the story time and the question and answer time. So we just, hmm. we try to hit on a Sunday morning, we try to hit the same story about three to five different ways. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Can you tell us a story of a time uh, that you saw a, a kid change, the, that you saw a true life change moment uh, through discipleship that, that they once were like this and now they're like that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a a boy, his name is Jacob, and he's in the youth group now. He just transitioned at our our last promotional event. Um, But he was one of the first kids that I met when I got here. He was in the first grade and he was really, he's always been kind of a loner. He is, he's being raised by his grandmother and his grandfather passed away just uh, about a year and a half ago. And he always has been very reserved. Uh, He's always kept to himself, but he's also always been really honest with how he was feeling. If he thought that something was wrong or if he disagreed with you, he was not afraid to tell you. We poured and poured and poured as a ministry into this, into this boy. Just, we, we loved him. We gave him everything that we could give him. We really went above and beyond, I think, to, to show him Jesus. And, and not in a way that was overbearing, not in a way that was threatening, but just in a way, I think, that, that you show a person Jesus. You just you love them and you show up and you are, are part of their lives in a, a real positive way. Uh, this year at camp, uh, we saw him finally make a salvation decision. Hmm. Uh, it was, it was so funny cause we were at camp and it was, it was the next, the last night and I had been watching him all week long and it was invitation time and all my kids bowed their heads and I looked up and he was moving out of the, out of his seat into the aisle and he was on the opposite side of the section for me. So I like ran around. I'm, I almost scared him back to his seat. I'm yeah, sure, right, sure. I was so excited yeah. for him. But he got saved, and we can see now uh, the the impact of that salvation on him. He is a happier kid. He is a more positive kid. He still is not afraid to tell you what he thinks, but he's he's much more uh, in tune with what he's doing here at the church. Uh, he's much more in tune with what he's doing in the youth group, and and I know that a lot of that is that's sort of a, a, an evangelism story. But at the same time, I think the discipleship with him started, you know, really in the first grade, it, it started with us praying for him and walking with him and just teaching him what Jesus is really about. 
and praying that the Holy Spirit would would draw him in. And then just just to see him move and to see him walking with Jesus now, it, it's I mean, it's incredible. Super it's exciting. One of the, yeah. It's one of the greatest things. I mean, we I, I love it. It yeah. is it's the reason that I do what I do. Yeah. And it's really fun to hear. That's why you do what you do, right? So mm-hmm. we get to sit oh, here yeah. in Nashville and we'll we'll write curriculum or record podcasts and, and often we lose sight of of the kid that accepts Jesus. And so it's that's really, really nice to hear. Man, what do you John help me with this? Because I like I have three kids too, and um one of the things that my wife and I have have struggled to know how to navigate, I think a lot of parents in the church are probably like this, uh, because you raise your kids in the church, and so th- things, spiritual and religious things, are not unfamiliar to them, uh, and they hear the they hear the gospel, they learn the Bible stories, and that kind of thing, and so in some ways, for uh, for a kid that's been raised like that in the church, it feels like a natural thing for them to make a profession of faith and even to be baptized. And so I, I feel like it's, it's incumbent on parents and working with ministry leaders to know, you know, who, nobody can really speak about the true authenticity in someone's heart, but as best we can just to sort of try and encourage, you know, is this, is this a true conversion experience? Is this really the work of the Holy Spirit or is, is my kid just doing the, the next thing that he feels like he, you know, he's supposed to do. How do you help parents uh, walk down that road? And how do you do it in your own ministry? Are there, um, uh, had, are there, are there specific things that you look for? Are there, what, what are some of the ways you help navigate that conversation? I, I always talk to the parents and the kids after a, a child makes that salvation yeah, yeah. decision. We always have a meeting time and the parents get to sit in, but it's really just a conversation with me and, and the child. Yeah. And we talk about the things we talk about, uh, the Garden of Eden and original sin and how that uh, affects us. And a lot of that is me just making sure that the child understands what the Bible actually says about the decision that they've made. Uh-huh. Like I use the old um, I'm a Christian now what workbooks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I send those home with every kid that gets saved. I've got a stockpile of them and I send those home because it's not just a good way for them to understand salvation. It's a good way for them to begin that habit of walking through the Bible daily. Yeah. Of spending time in the word and getting to know God personally, as opposed to just knowing that, oh, well, God's in the Bible and the Bible tells me what to do because it is more than that. Andrew sent me your discipleship pathway book. Oh, yeah. And I was reading through it, and you said walking with Christ is more than simply knowing the right things or doing the right things. And so part of the reason I send those books home is because I want them to understand that the Bible's not just about rules, and salvation is not just about fire insurance. It, it is about this walk. It is about this continual, perpetual journey that you will never in this lifetime reach the conclusion of that's one of the i'm so glad that you do that i think it's wonderful that you that you uh have a resource something to put people off on the right foot i mean i think this is again one of the things that that uh people uh that primarily minister among adults can learn can learn from children's pastors uh is that I, i don't know sometimes i think in the adult world we feel like that the moment of salvation is the end 
whereas in in kids world it's just seems so very obvious that it's the beginning of a life with uh, of a life with Christ. Yeah, I think also in the adult space, it's I've I've still got to have all the right answers. Uh-huh. And in the kids space, it's so inquisitive, and so they're searching and and wanting to learn more and more and more. Yeah. Whereas in the adults, I, I better know it all at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I think it's really really special and neat that you work hard to set kids on the right pathway and and keep them walking forward. I feel like there are on this journey that we're we're walking in discipleship. There are these, you know, we we come to these different benchmarks uh, periodically, and I wonder if there are those in the in the life of kids that you have seen. Maybe it's a trip to camp, um, or uh, a key moment of understanding, or maybe it's you know the first time that they share the gospel with somebody. Are there uh, are there other are there other of those markers that can be really significant in the in the discipleship life of a of a child? Absolutely. I would say like one of the things that we do at Broadway, and it's something that we have just started. I am real fresh and new with this. But one of the one of the markers that you mentioned was engaging with scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is something that is very easily done with kids through uh, through curriculum sometimes, uh, sometimes less so. But we have just started at Broadway, we've just started doing Bible drill. I have got a couple of adult volunteers who went through that as kids and they remember it and they love it. And they said, we want to grab this and run with it. And I said, that sounds fantastic because I have no idea. I've never done this (laughs) curriculum before. And so I've got kids now who are coming on Sunday nights and they are hiding the word of God in their hearts and they are learning uh, how to engage uh, the the Bible. They're learning Bible literacy and, and they're learning all of this stuff through this Bible drill curriculum. And it's been amazing. Like, and, and not only that, not only the Bible drill curriculum on the, the Sunday nights, but we've, we've been using Bible studies for life for a couple of years and kids actually have their Bibles out when we're using Bible studies oh, for life. That, they dude. are looking for what we're talking about. That's so awesome. we really try hard with our kids to engage them in scripture. Um, and we really, we really try to help them to seek God and to find him in scripture uh, in terms of, of, of what we're doing there. And honestly, I, I don't want to just be a commercial here, but the Bible studies for life and the Bible drill curriculums have both really helped us to do those things. Oh, no, we, we don't mind you doing that. That's totally fine. Uh, I, I would also say this, man, the, the older that our children, uh, the older that our children get, it just, I become more and more convinced that maybe the best spiritual thing I can do for them as their dad is to, is to, in as much as possible, because it's really supernatural, right? But in as much as possible, uh, if I can just instill in them the necessity and the ability to read the Bible for themselves, uh, it seems more and more to me like the greatest gift I could give them as their as their father. That that's going to be the thing that's really going to carry them forward the most uh, in the future. If they can start doing that now as a kid and get into the rhythm like you're talking about, the rhythm of reading the Bible for themselves every day, boy, that is. I mean, that is. It's the discipline. It's the discipline that makes all the other disciplines. John, I've got a three-year-old little girl. What what advice do you have for me? Well, uh, man, show her the Star oh. Wars movies. <laughs> 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 uh, 
what I would say is that everything can always be connected to the gospel. Um, just to just to I guess plug another Lifeway product. We always do Centricid every summer. We love it. That's and and one of the things that they do is every activity at Centricid connects to the gospel, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you guys are are more than aware. Um, but but I would just say, like as a three year old, she's always listening. She's always looking. She she is capable of understanding so much more, I think, than we give three-year-olds credit for. Um, and, and so whenever you have the opportunity to connect something to the gospel, whenever you have the opportunity to uh, say, to, to just say, you know, as you're going for a walk, uh, talking about the flowers and the birds and squirrels and, and talking about how God created all of these things and mm-hmm. how God also created us and how he loves us through Jesus and just, Everything can always be connected to the gospel in some way because everything has been created uh, by God and and all of the all of nature has been created, you know, really for for us to care for and steward for for his good purposes. And so as a as a parent of a three year old, being able to instill that in in your child at that early age, Mm -hmm. it it will really help them. as they're older to see the value of spending time in the word. I can tell you my oldest son will turn 19 this year. Oh man. Right. And my youngest daughter is six. I can see the difference in the way that I have raised them and in the intentionality that I have more so with the six year old, because I learned how to be intentional with the 19 year old. Um, but I would say absolutely just, just being intentional with the gospel and connecting everything back to it because man, three-year-olds, two-year-olds, three-year-olds, they're just like little sponges. Mm-hmm. They're just going to soak up everything that's around them. We've gotten in the rhythm of praying every night before bed and yeah. uh, little, little B will pray with us from time to time. Uh, my wife had a, a little bit of a cough, a little bit of allergy uh, and so B prayed that the cough would go away. And the next night she was like, the prayer worked. Her cough, her cough is gone. And so like just to see her excitement, enthusiasm toward prayer already has been really, really neat. One more question for me, man. So you've been doing this a while. Your kids are a little bit older. I wonder if you could just talk for a second for somebody who is new to, to children's ministry. Um Maybe it's their, you know, this is their their first job out of seminary, or maybe they have volunteered in children's ministry, but they're they're sort of in charge of the whole thing. But they they really want to make sure that their kids' ministry is not haphazard, that there's some intentionality behind it. Um, what are what are a few things you would say? Hey, in order to in order to really set up uh, kind of a system where discipleship can happen in your children's ministry, what is some of the practical advice you would give to a person like that? The first thing I would say is just pray, 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 pray. Nothing is going to come together, no matter how you plan, no matter what curriculum you use, no matter what timeline you have set. If you do not pray and hand it all over to God and just trust him, it's not going to be a fruitful ministry. Uh, The second thing I would say is to surround yourself with a team of people who really have the same goal 
as you. Part of that prayer is asking God to send those people to you. I am surrounded by a great team of volunteers, people who I have spoken to individually and intentionally. And I've said, I prayed about this. I believe that God is, I believe that God has led you to me. I had a guy tell me that he had never taught Sunday school before. And I said, well, give me six months with fourth and fifth grade boys. I really just sort of threw him to the lions. <laughs> and uh, he is one of my top teachers at this point. Really? Wow. And yes. And those boys love him because they understand that when they walk in, they can ask any question that they want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They may not get through all of the lesson in a week, but they are going to engage the scriptures with whatever those boys are walking through. So pray, surround yourself with, uh, a team of like-minded individuals, people who really want to, just like Jesus, uh, they want to let the little children come to them. Uh, and then uh, find a curriculum that does work for your church. For my church, it's Bible Studies for Life for kids. It is That is the curriculum that we have found that just works out the best with our schedule, with our kids, uh, but, but you would, you want to find a curriculum that that's going to work for you. And at the end of the day, uh, it's never going to be about curriculum. Not really. It, it's just going to be about your heart. And, and so if you have found yourself thrown into it, I mean, that's how I ended up in it. My son went to kids church from preschool ministry when he was a first grader and we were invited to go in and to stay with them until they were comfortable and I have not been to an adult service since my son was in the first grade. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, but I mean, if that's how you found yourself, I guess pray that God will just open up the open up the floodgates and and just fill you with a, a desire and a, a yeah. just just to follow Him and to to do what to do what He would do. I mean, I, I that's not a, a three step program or anything like that. I, but I'm not really good at advice in terms of programming. I do a lot of praying. Uh, <laughs> I, do a lot of, I do a lot of emailing my people and, and asking them for favors. I do a lot of emailing my people and thanking them for <laughs> favors that I had to call in. And, and at the end of the day, I really just have to put it all in God's hands and say, right. there's no way that I can make this happen. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. I like to tell people that about 80% of kids ministry is having a plan and chucking it out the window at the last second. There you go. Um, because that's what, that's what we have to do sometimes. But. Well, but what I hear you saying is, uh, is a a little bit of the organic nature of what happens when we're seeking to, uh, help people grow in Christ. You know, you can become so dependent on, um, a system or a program or whatever it is that you have developed that it's real easy to forget that we're not making cars here. We're, we're making people. Right. Uh, and when we're making people, it's never like an assembly line where you just sort of jam one piece into the other. And then eventually it comes, it comes out. Uh, so I really appreciate that about what you're saying. I think it's a helpful reminder uh, to us and to the folks who are listening to. John, where can we find more about Broadway, more about you, more about your ministry? Uh, if you go to broadwaychurch.site, S-I-T-E, that is our current Broadway Church 
website and it has got a little bit about all of our different ministries. It's got a little bit about all of our different ministers and uh, you can you can find out what we've got going on, what, uh, how we're reaching out into the community and how you can be a part of that if you want to. Can you give us uh, a Empire Strikes Back quote to go on? <laughs> you have failed me for the last time, Admiral Ozel. <laughs> You are as clumsy as you are stupid. Do not fail me, Admiral Piet. Oh, man. I say that to Andrew almost every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. John, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Michael, decently good to see you as well. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 